Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Lava Pool. I'm your host, Sam, Dr. Fidget Harshmont, and this week I have guests. Sorry if you listened to last week's episode. Um, <laughs> starting off, we have Gabby Snyder. Hi. JTK. Hi. I Badoof. I have so many whatever names now. Other names you have, yeah. It's great. But you also have so many Disney vacations. I know. Which right? Disney is the best Disney? Why are you asking me this? <laughs> because I had to pick uh, something for an intro topic. The, I mean, all all of them have their charms, and I like each park for different reasons. But Epcot has always been like my absolute favorite. Why is that? Um. Because there's a tiny, tiny, tiny picture of my sister and I at the entrance. <laughs> okay, that's that's a good reason. Also, like, science and technology and future stuff. Eh. Eh. Pictures of yourself. That's what's important. Yeah. That's what we use technology for, really. <laughs> Just <laughs> exactly. to post more pictures and, of ourselves. Exactly. And that is the voice of Chalky. You may know him as Chalky or otherwise as... Chalky. <laughs> you forgot. You forgot. Uh, Chuckles. What was it? I know. Oh, I, I know oh it God, evolved there, into Sprinklestein. But there, there's a lot of misspelling my name at regionals. That I've been called Chuckles. I've been called Chalky Hairstein. <laughs> uh, uh, sleepy Chalky. <laughs> my personal favorite. I'm so sleepy. <laughs> um, Chalky. What is the best Disney? Uh. I like Disney World in particular. I like Animal Kingdom. I like looking at animals and pretending I'm in actual nature instead of artificial Disney nature. Um, you also probably like it because of that dinosaur ride where I'm like cowering in fear and you're just like trying to touch the giant T-Rex that was about to eat us. Oh, that was dino- that was <laughs> that was Animal Kingdom? Yes, that was Animal Kingdom. Oh yeah, I like that place. That's another reason to like that place. I, I I like touching mechanical dinosaurs. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> Fidget, what's your favorite Disney? I think we've dragged you to enough Disney parks at this point where you can answer this question. I, I've been to two of them now. Um, I, I was at Disneyland last week, and I think I only spent like two hours there, so that was great. <laughs> That's the best Aww. part. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to go to the restaurants and stuff, but I never got back there. So, I'm going to say that's still probably the better Disney. That's fair. It's the better Space Mountain. Although, um, Zach was sending me pictures from Rainforest Cafe from Disney World, and they got rid of the Rainforest Cafe that used to be at the mall here, so I'm I'm kind of jealous of that. That is a bummer. Rainforest Cafe is pretty cool. It is, because they have the robot animals in... Fruity drinks. It's, it's fun. Now, if only they it's, had fruity robot animals. Like It is the right amount of dumb and awesome. I actually yes. don't really like Rainforest Cafe. Why not? There, there was, like, this one trip I went on with my Girl Scout troop. Like, we drove, like, an hour to get to the <laughs> nearest Rainforest Cafe. And, like, I wasn't impressed with the decor... I, I couldn't indulge in fruity drinks because I was, like, maybe 10. Yeah. And, can... like, they burnt my chicken nuggets. And it was just it was just a very sad trip. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I can understand that. 
I mean, I'm assuming the fruity drinks help. Yes. That'll make you forget a lot of the other stuff. <laughs> and they they make a lot of the animatronic monkeys and other animals seem a lot cooler than they are. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. But this is Pokemon Podcast, and we just finished, uh, is it Winter Regionals? Yes. Right? Sure. Okay. There's no more, correct? This was the last weekend yeah, this, of that. Yeah, this is week yeah. three. Yeah, we're done. All right. So how did you guys do? So I only competed in one this year because I ended up commentating Florida literally yesterday. Um, so I got top 32, only losing out to a Smeargle speed tie and Aaron Zhang, which, uh-huh. yeah. So one amazing, I can learn from this loss and one, why does this game hate me loss? But you know, that's kind of how Smeargle matchups work. Judging by what I saw in Florida, I think most people are moving away from that, at least somewhat. So that's always good. Yeah, I I have the Florida uh, top eight teams here, and the the coolest thing I see is that only one Smeargle cut. Oh, only that was me. One Smeargle cut. <laughs> that was me. Yep. Oh, and and it was Chalky. <laughs> yeah, I was. Sorry, say, guys. Like. We saw a couple Smeargle games on stream. We saw a lot of Smeargle um, the night before during the PC. Like, if um, if anybody is curious and they haven't seen this battle yet, if you go watch the PC archive on Twitch, I'll give Fidget the link so he can put it in the show notes. Um, the finals match was Raikou versus uh, some guy named Kevin. I forget his online name. And Raikou Smeargle got the plus six evasion boost and just proceeded to, you know, do Smeargle things and just dance around everywhere and not get hit, which was kind of hilarious, but also not really the best thing if you're Kevin. They, like, both walked away happy, right. so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that was also indicative of his his top four match and his top eight match in cut. Um, I, I watched, I watched both of them and, and it was, it was pretty bad. The, um, evasion boosts were all over the place in the top four one. And then the top eight, like the first game, basically he was going to lose, but then there was a precipice blades missing on Matt Coyle's side. And then the other one was just Smeargle doing Smeargle things. But not a lot of Smeargle at the actual tournament, which I think bodes well. Like, and we can get into this a little bit more later or we can get into it now. No, go go right ahead. Okay, yeah, I mean, we we ended up streaming all eight rounds of Swiss, um, and then one top eight, one top four, and then a expedition match of Wolf versus Kamal, because uh, we technically didn't have a finals match. Uh, so, I think why, it... Why was, all... why was that? So basically what happened was, um, Matt Coyle got to the finals, but he knew going into Top Cut that he had a plane to catch, so that was super uh-huh. early and so we weren't even sure if he was going to finish his top four match but um we blasted through top eight and top four um and then he just he just jetted and yeah like okay. we were just finishing up the commentary for the top four match and like he was collecting his prizes and just piecing out yeah uh 2013 one of the semifinals in florida also had to leave before semifinals to catch their plane so it's not a new thing for people to book their Florida planes too early. Yeah, it it makes you wonder though. Like, I wonder, I wonder if they're gonna look at this for next year and maybe update the rules and say like, if you know you're gonna have to piece at a certain point during cut, like, 
this is how we're going to handle this. Because there was this weird discrepancy where, like, you know, uh, we wanted to stream all of the top four matches um, plus the top plus the finals match and maybe even more of the top eight matches. But, like, there was concerns about Matt's flight. There was concerns about, like, running too late. But then apparently the TCG stream didn't end until, like, 10 o'clock at night. So it was just yeah. it was just a bunch of weird organizational stuff, but fortunately, like when you think about Pokemon tournaments and weird organizational stuff, you think of it happening like after registration and delaying the tournament by like an obscene amount of hours and then not having lunch break. Like right. it was postponed enough that like 90% of the people actually at the event were not affected. So, you know, that worked out well. But yeah, um, yeah, going back to the stream, like I think there was maybe Smeargle on stream once or twice, if that. I think we saw it more in tr- team preview than we actually saw it being played. I saw a lot of Smeargle in the premiere challenge the day before. Um, in my matches, so I, I have my notes from my from my games in front of me right now, and I, I played one other Smeargle besides my own, um, so there wasn't a whole lot. Any actually, that was actually. Kind of nice. Although I did see a lot of double primal because of um, Aaron Zhang making that pretty popular. But double um, primal, like, I actually really like it. I think it's better than, it's certainly better than Groudon, Xerneas, Smeargle, Autopilot. <laughs> see, what's funny about that is that I was actually running double primal in local premiere challenges for a long time. And, and that's actually where the bulk of my premiere challenge finishes come from. But the only reason I stopped using it was because... I had a lot of trouble against Miracle, <laughs> and then because like the other resources I had to allocate on my team to balance out the problems and support them, just it just wasn't there. And then, but now that Smeargle's gone, Double Primal's just all over the place, and um, so you know you, the meta game has shifted. And I just I thought that was really interesting that that kind of confirmed my own suspicions. But um, yeah, it was a good time. I what I did see, I did see a lot of interesting things in in my notes. We're we're moving away from the Virginia regional incident where we had what was it like six out of the eight teams that were basically the same the it big was six seven out of right. eight yeah it was seven and then like one was like a Cresselia swapped out but otherwise right. the same um but yeah it was I think six Smeargles and seven Town Flame and seven Groudon yeah there was eight. basically yeah. one person who was running uh, Ray Ogre. Yeah, it was seven Kangaskhan, seven Groudon, seven Talonflame, six Smeargle, six Xerneas, five Salamence. Um, on the other hand, end of that, for Florida, when I was, at least from the matches I played, um, we had seven Kyogre to five Groudon. Um, what's interesting, though, and that, that's also including my, my team, just for what it's worth, um, this is somewhat representative of the top eight that Sam mentioned earlier. So I played... Four of the people that ended up in top eight, including that's including my top eight match. So I played um, Will Aiken, who got who is second in Swiss going into it, um, finished top eight. Ashton Cox, who finished top four. Wolf, who won the whole thing, and then Matt Coyle, who um, got top two, um, and then a handful of other people that got top sixteen or top sixty four. Um, but yes, Kyogre was definitely the more popular option, although Double Primal was on, I want to say, three of the teams. Um, uh, Thunderous I was actually on six of the teams. Yeah. Um, which I'm going to say is a big reason why only one Smeargle made God. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, 
Thunder, I really like Thunderous Eye as a counter to the big six because you can paralyze the Xerneas, which I, based off of the amount of times I've been screwed over with a paralyzed Xerneas, I think is the better way to counter it than going for the taunt. Um, it's okay. You can prankster taunt the Smeargle. You can then use Thunderbolt to do damage. Um, Wolf, with his finals team, used his Thunderous really well. He was running Protect on it just to help stall things and just, you know, cause disruption. Like, I I really liked Thunderous last format, and I think now that I'm going to start using it in this format, I'm going to really like it as well. Wait, how many Thunders did you say was in the top eight? Six. Six? Six? Okay. So I was one of two people um, that did not have Thunderous. I think yeah. Ashton Tol- was the other one, because he had Pikachu. Um, Toler was running a Thunderous in Oregon, and he had Hidden Power Water. Oh, Kamal was running that. Um... He actually, he won a match in uh, Swiss. I think it might have been versus Ashton. It was like round four or five we had him on. And he was running double primal. He switches in the Kyogre, sets up rain, and then uses HP water to knock out his uh, Ashton's Groudon. It was really interesting, actually. It actually wasn't Ashton's Groudon, because Ashton Ashton was undefeated when I played him in... When I played him in round okay. seven. Sorry, it was someone um, else. I mean, he, then. he could have knocked out the Groudon. And oh, okay. Lost. Okay, okay, okay. That's true. That's true. Um, although Ashton, in particular, also had a really interesting hidden power because he he had hidden power Ice Groudon, um, which we saw on stream the match right before I played him, where um, he hidden power Ice to <laughs> a Rayquaza and then and then just dominated Weather after that, which is kind of entertaining, but. Um, that caught a lot of people off guard. Although Ashton's team in general was a kind of cool team. He was the only person I've seen in forever running a Pikachu of all things in cut. I remember Scott was joking on Twitter that he's taking the 20th anniversary thing a little too far. (laughs) I mean, the Pikachu was nicknamed hashtag Pokemon 20. I know they didn't show nicknames on stream, but he showed that to a few people in between rounds at one point. It was yeah. holding a light ball, if anyone was un- wondering about that. I I wouldn't assume anything else. I mean, I I don't know about you, but I had looked into Pikachu a little <laughs> bit earlier. And it if it didn't speed tie the primals, it would be a lot better. But it, it hits way too hard, and it's a faster fake out than Kangaskhan. So it's, it's kind of cool. Um, so I, I'm not surprised that Ashton cut with it, I would be surprised if anyone else did. Yeah, that, that's about how I feel about it. Um, a lot of people were trying to figure out the item that was... A lot of people, most people were assuming either Sash or Eviolite, but like Wild Charge, <laughs> Wild Charge did so much. Like, it was just... If if anybody was assuming Eviolite Pikachu, they don't know what Pokemon are. Because <laughs> it, it has, like, worse defenses than Smeargle, right? So Eviolite does nothing? Sure. I actually don't know. Like, but like absolutely nothing, basically. Um, he also had Groudon, Amoongus, Kangaskhan, Xerneas, and Gengar. Um, Gengar for actually reversing Trick Room on other teams, which is actually kind of cool. Um, and then <laughs> he actually he used Skill Swap as well, not just for but not just for resetting weather, like a lot of people are doing with Cresselia. He was also. Using it, he basically used it in my game to basically scout abilities because uh, I was the only one that was running Walrein that day. <laughs> as, well, as far as as far as this region, I'll, I'll stop myself there. You were, okay. I know you were rocking the Walrein in Oregon. 
Yeah. Um, but he, he had not seen a wall rain that day and he was trying to figure out, like he just like for life me couldn't remember his ability. So he skill swapped to figure it out. And then by extension also took it away from me. And then, um, and that was kind of a problem, but, um, yeah, the, his Gengar was, was a fascinating support system just to both scout and reverse other strategies and just kind of disrupt basically. Um, it was, a, it was a cool team. I, li- I liked Ashen's team. It was probably my favorite one that I played. It was probably the most interesting team there, and I'm very sad to say that because you had the wall race. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm only slightly upset that you cut with a walrus before I could, and you beat me by about two hours. <laughs> I mean, if they would have made your regionals like best of one like they advertised, you probably would have beat him. Okay, let, let's get to that a second, because... <laughs> how, how was Best of Three Swiss? Tell us about that. Best of Three Swiss was great. Like, the people that host the Oregon regionals are, like, some of the best tournament organizers that Pokemon has. So when they found out, like, I'm going to assume that when they found out we only had 112 people there... Uh, they decided to do best of three just to see if they could do it in time, and rounds were still about an hour apiece. I think I think it helps a lot that games in this metagame are so short. Wait, question, uh, clarity question. was So this was decided on the fly? That wasn't planned in advance? Right. Um, we This was after the player meeting, when we were all sitting down for round one. That's when they said, hey, we're going to do best of three. That's really interesting because I know the the Florida staff were actually like when they got wind of that they were kind of annoyed by it um, because in general the West Coast has gotten more opportunities to be a little more experimental than, than the East Coast. Um, Heidi in particular was was talking about how she thought like you know I, I don't want to put words in her mouth so you know I'm not gonna step on any toes but like she she noticed we'll say well I I won't say like feelings or whatever but she she definitely noticed that. California was allowed to do we had we had the premier challenge the day before regionals and we had a premier challenge the day of regionals like running on top of that basically during cut and then she was explicitly told in her instructions she can never run a PC and a regional the same day and so like and apparently this isn't even the first time that the east coast was given different instructions explicitly than the west coast and um it seems like from from her perspective at least it seemed like the west coast was getting like the experimental runs to just kind of see what's going on just so that, and like having one side stay the course just to have a basis of comparison. Um, I mean, that's how like speaking in a strictly technical sense, a lot of things are evaluated now, you know, you have a control and then you have the experiment and you compare just the results. Like, I think, I think it's great that Oregon had the opportunity to test this. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, more regionals doing this come spring. Um, I think most people were just upset, especially in Florida, like from a player's perspective, because I heard a lot of people like who flew from the New York, New Jersey area, who flew from like Texas, like who made it, made an effort to travel to Florida, say that they would have just traveled to Oregon instead if they knew it would have been best of three. I mean, that that's not something they had ahead of time. And I mean, I, I don't know if you can get upset about that, like, Having one tournament be best of three is good for everyone. Um, it sucks that not all of them are best of three. 
I, I would agree with that, generally speaking. I would prefer best of three, personally. Um, I, guess, I guess, like, the, the, part, the reason that I kind of peeked in on that was just because if it wasn't even plans, then that actually, like... See, that, that goes beyond experimental, like, control groups. That's just, like... That's just, like... Um, it, as far as I know, it wasn't planned. It, it might have been, but they hadn't announced it anywhere. That's, like, just generally know. having more creative liberties than the other side, which is kind of, like, a whole different way to look at the situation. And, I mean, I, I guess they, that makes sense, because the West Coast is where TBCI is, and that's where um, the bigger staff are, I guess. But um, I'm wondering how... The, I, like, I'd be curious to know, like, how... The, different staff from like different coasts of the or different parts of the country actually feel about that. We should actually talk about like do you think we could actually get like a a TO as a guest sometime instead of one of the players just to kind of get that perspective? Uh I would like that. I don't know how much they're allowed to actually say about any of that stuff, yeah. so I don't want to get anybody in trouble that way. I mean that I mean that I, I was thinking about that too and I was also just thinking like um, we, we do talk about the staff a lot on this show and it, and I, you know, I, I did it five seconds ago and I don't, I don't want to, uh, misrepresent them, I guess. Um, and that's just right. something on my mind. I mean, it's actually worth bringing up that, um, it seems like there's a lot of lack of transparency between like the staff and TPCI and, you know, the competitors at these things. It might just be nice if, like, either through a podcast or Nugget Bridge or whatever, we just had, like, we get some insight as to, like, why Oregon decided, ended up being best of three, or, like, I don't know, why the St. Louis regionals were two days, but everybody else were just one day with, like, premier challenges thrown in, or, you know, just to answer all of those questions. Why is the hack check broken? <laughs> yeah, why why is the hack check broken? <laughs> Why are Dialgus not passing, and then they are passing? But by the Why way, U two's um, not passing, even though they're not. Passing? Somebody, somebody else had the same problem. I forget. Wolf was telling me that somebody he knew. Oh, um, actually, it was Wolf. What am I saying? Yeah, we we were having dinner after after the tournament. He was saying he had the same problem where the battle box like was saying it was level fifty when like you looked actually in the game and it was level one hundred. Um, and then the, like the hack check was trying to like say that the caught level was higher than the level it actually was, but right. like, and it was, um, so, what, what Pokemon was doing that for him? Um, hang on. Let me look at his team. I mean, while while we're waiting for Chalky to look this up, care to explain what exactly happened for anybody who's not familiar with what happened. Okay. So, um, after around six at Oregon and this happened last year too, um, I got random hackjacked, me and my opponent, and last year my opponent failed and killed my resistance, so I ended X2 with the lowest resistance of all the X2s. Um, this year my opponent passed and I failed, and I was very confused because I bred four of the Pokemon on my team and the other two I got from uh, Bryce Stewart, who, if anybody is familiar with him... All he does is soft reset legendaries, basically. So I knew there was absolutely no problem with anything on my team, and yet my Mewtwo failed and said that the caught at level was wrong. So we went into the game. Um, it was caught at level 70. It was currently at level 100. And so the judges talked it over, 
that were calling other people, like somebody else looked at the thing and went in and it said that the Mewtwo is at level 50 on whatever weird thing they were checking. And Mewtwo was clearly at level 100 in-game and caught at level 70. Uh, eventually, they got the okay to let me keep playing, but I have no idea how that could have gotten set off. So, like... This is all hearsay, because a lot of people were talking about this in Florida, especially since we were scrambling to find someone who hadn't encountered a Mewtwo yet, so we could just, like, take a picture with, like, a timestamp in it and send it to you and be like, see, this is, like... No, 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 they knew, like, immediately, like, it... He's like, no, 70, like, I know that's the right thing, but I'm just gonna look it up online anyway, just to make sure, and... Yeah, Yeah. but anyways, we we were talking about this, and it almost sounds like... Um, you can hack check the battle box as a battle box, and you, then you can also hack check the team as it is in game. And it, it almost sounds like what happened to you was, um, you were hack checked as the battle box, and, you know, that's when Mewtwo was like level 50 and everything was off and it just did not make sense and you failed the check. Yep. And then they reran it again with the in game settings, and then they're like, oh yeah, this is fine. That they didn't actually rerun it again because they assumed they were going to get the same thing. Okay. Uh, but they looked at everything in game, and like my my guess was that it was what you said that because it was a battle box, everything gets auto leveled down to fifty. I wasn't sure if that made any sense for how they hack checked, but so if you want to look at Wolf's team, just since we we brought it up earlier. Um, he had Thunderous, Kyogre, Landorus, Ferrothorn, Salamence, and Dialga. Um, and I, so it, was, it was most likely Dialga. I know it was a telepathy Dialga because he used it in my match. Okay. Uh, yeah, because everything else on there you can get under level 50. Yeah. Although, that kind of puts a spin on the whole Dialga's failing hack checks the last couple weekends. But it also, <laughs> like, but a lot of the staff in California were saying they thought that the error was coming from just not having all of the different countries' event distributions saved in the, the hack check. Well, I, I can see that for Dialga, because Dialga's been kind of an issue. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's just, um, honestly, some weird programming bug that probably didn't get picked up in testing, and because, unfortunately, when people use the hack check the most is at these events. Like, it's when you catch these things, and then... If you have like someone running the hack check who isn't familiar with the game and they see a red screen and you know it's like oh this failed this is why like they're not going to know enough about the context to actually you know question what they're seeing in front of them. So yeah, I I looked at some of the other regionals top cuts because I knew everyone in top cut has been hack checked at one point or another, and I think only two other Mewtwo's actually have cut so far yeah and they were both in europe yeah and it's possible that so basically they cut in an untethered event i i cannot confirm whether or not european events are tethered or not i think they've only had one tethered event at this point okay so that would explain so it's possible that one one depending on what week those were run it's possible that they weren't um tethered events like and this is this is why I really want to see Pokemon like just kind of eliminate the mis- the mystery behind the hack check, or at least like you know back up the claim that if it gets online, if you can play Battle Spot with it, it will p- pass the hack check like at an event because I, it, it would just I just want legit things to pass the hack check. <laughs> I mean, I I didn't hack anything. Yeah. 
it would just be so much more testing for them. They'd get so much more data. Like, it just just from like an engineering standpoint, I can understand why they might be hesitant to do it, but it just doesn't make sense to write the same thing twice. It sounds like that the biggest hesitation between that transparency of like having the battle spot hack check be the actual VGC hack check or you know, telling us what the hack check actually does. It seems like they just don't want to make it easier for people to actually hack. But, but right. that's interesting, though, because um, when the whole Ray Rizzo Dream Ball incident happened back in 2014, um, on the professor forums for for Pokemon, Chris Brown actually wrote saying, you know, in in my opinion, the, the hack check is not designed to to catch like people that are Hacking is designed to catch people who have a competitive advantage as a result of hacking, which is completely different from what, like, you know, official documents would say and, and all that. And, and I mean, if we go by that standpoint, it actually makes sense to make the transparency because then we know, because then, or like, if you make the, because we, because now we've, we've proven over the last couple of weeks that the, the VGC hack check is, is a little bit more thorough than the, the battle spot hack check, or if it's not more thorough, it's just at least different. No, and, it's more thorough. Like, um, the, the reason why the Dialgos weren't passing is because they were redeemed on a non-Japanese hardware 3DS. So, like, the logic being that if you're in Japan, nine times out of ten, you're going to have a Japanese 3DS. And you're going to use a Japanese cart on your Japanese 3DS to redeem the event because they're region locked. Therefore, if you have a event you know, Dialga or Palkia or Giratina that was redeemed on anything but a Japanese 3DS hardware. Regardless of what language your game is set to, it'll trip the hack check. Which... I mean, I mean that being said, I mean, I, I do generally feel like if they gave us more transparency about what the hack check actually did or gave us a way to hack check our own Pokemon before the events, um, I do feel like it would it would cut back on, on the cheaters I because think, then I think they need to go a step further. I mean, I've been saying this for a while, but like they need to make it so people don't want to hack. They need to give us a way to get all of these restricted Pokemon to get these events that haven't been released worldwide yet for these tournaments, or they just need to outright ban things that haven't been released in the outside of like Japan and Korea and you know non U.S. territories. I mean, in fairness, they have gotten better with Gen 6 doing the whole, like, three guaranteed 31 IVs, but... Um, it's not enough. It's it's not enough. I agree with you, it's not enough. And I and, and you can tell that in the, you know, VGC 14 and 15, where a lot of the teams were, were more commonly bre breedable as opposed to various restricted Pokemon, you can tell, like, we're, we're getting more reports of hack checks failing now than, than we have the last two years, and... Um, I mean, the last year I remember it being really bad was 2010. That was the last year that restricted Pokemon were allowed. Yeah, like, it's a cool idea to have this metagame revolving around these restricted Pokemon, you know, things that you normally don't really get to play with at a competitive level. Like, you can run your Groudon in-game, but, like, it's just going to destroy pretty much anything you put in front of it. Um, like, I, I think that's a great idea, but just from a software standpoint, the materials aren't there to have a viable healthy metagame you know well the, unless people are willing to put in 20 hours to soft reset for things which most like people Bryce, are yeah, yeah. like I mean, Bryce, on... Bryce is a god i mean i don't know how he gets all those pokemon but like you know you're nine times out of ten most people don't go to those links i mean i basically asked Bryce that 
at one point, and his answer was that he just self-resets during things that he would veg out doing anyway, such as, like, if he's watching Netflix, he's like, you know, sometimes I just put on Netflix just because it'll give me something to do, and if I'm already not doing anything productive, you know, it only takes two seconds to kind of, like, look down at the screen, self-reset, which I can get behind. But, I mean, going off what you were saying earlier, that, I mean, I think, I, I do like the format of having these previously unused Pokemon and, and getting to kind of see their potential and getting to actually use them and compete with them when they would otherwise be kind of overpowered and, and broken in the actual game. But I, th- I think the bigger issue that, that you're really tapping into here is that it's it's very alarming that we as a competitive metagame are trying to make a name for ourselves in eSport when the average player does not have the resources and the time to get the competitive Pokemon right off the bat. And that's exactly what it is. Like, I mean, I, I'm going to compare this to Hearthstone because I think it's really the only competitive esport out there right now that maps to Pokemon in any way, shape, or form, both to the R- due to the RNG and just like how it's played. Like in Hearthstone, you have two options for getting good cards. One is just you throw enough money at the screen until you have enough dust to just make whatever card you need. Um, or two is you, you can, you know, put in the long hours, you know, grind gold or grind arena or what have you and earn the dust that, that way. Like it, it's kind of terrible that the option is like a pay to win kind of thing. But on the other hand, if you compare it to like Pokemon, the people who are paying to win to get their cards in Hearthstone would probably also be the people who would just, you know, say, well, I don't want to put in this time to soft reset for this thing. I'm just going to do whatever the easiest path is. So, like, it, it's... I, I, This is the one thing I want from Sun and Moon, honestly. Like, I would be fine if we keep this metagame for, like, two years, because I think... I think there's enough variance. I mean, we've seen the metagame shift around so much. I I don't think this is something that people are going to get tired of as soon as, uh, you know, 2015, especially if Sun and Moon maybe add a couple of new restricted Pokemon to try and balance things out a bit. But, like, they need to address this. If this is what, like, our metagame is going to look like moving forward, they they need to address this. Just to to clarify something that a lot of players that I talk to in, in, in the game, like actually have like kind of a complaint about it. It's not necessarily the staff that at, at the tournaments that have any say over this. And I know that's a really obvious thing to say, but a lot of players will assume that complaining to staff about the physics of the game is going to make a difference. And, oh, and no, it, it, I, mean, I mean, they as in the Pokemon company, like I mean, the yeah. engineers and the programmers behind this. I, sorry, I, I wasn't clear. No, that, that wasn't you. I was just throwing that out there for people who might've thought that. Um, I mean, I've actually talked to a lot of the staff about like what they would do if they wanted to get around the hack check and kind of like make that obsolete. And, and, and I've gotten some pretty interesting answers over the years. Like there was a, there was a staff member who's, those, those aren't the people that get to make those decisions. They, they're not, so. they're not, but they're, well, the metagame spit- is basically handed so. down from Japan. Correct. We were basically just spitballing hypotheticals. Yeah. Of yeah. What kind of things like they would, like if, if, like, I basically would ask the staff periodically, like, if you could make the next Pokemon game, how would you make it differently to make the hack check, like, not really a concern? And um, one staff member actually had this idea of... Mixing Pokemon with Tekken. <laughs> <laughs> Wait yes. a second. Um, I mean... Oh, go ahead. I was going to 
talk about Pockin for a bit, but no, 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 no. Let's let's move it along. We've been talking about the hack check for like twenty minutes. I'm just. I mean, I don't think any of us had a chance to go to the Pockin tournaments this weekend, but I have to wonder, like, how how is that going to function in the context of like competitive Pokemon? Um, I. I saw a little bit of chatter on Twitter, and it mostly amounted to... It actually reminded me a lot about 2009-2010 Pokemon tournaments, which made me feel really nostalgic until I realized that it was terrible. Like, people were getting the up... Not having enough space. Not having for... enough space. People were getting up at 4 a.m. to line up at GameStops to compete. Uh, nobody had really any idea what they were doing, except people who knew kind of about Tekken, but they modified the, like... Uh, I don't know. Apparently the game is close to one of the Naruto fighting games. It's Naruto. What? Whatever. You said Naruto. Sure. That, him too. <laughs> but yeah, uh, w- one of those games is more or less how Pockin controls and not so much Tekken. Aren't these also single elimination tournaments for right now? I think they were. I know... I think Bad Intent, who is a really amazing VGC player and a really amazing Street Fighter player, who I think has just given up on VGC in favor of Pockin, said that like he got knocked out like second round or something. I think it was like best of five, so they had that going, but it just the tournament itself was like single eliminations and the prize was basically an invite for Nats. So it really was basically two thousand nine. All over again. If, if I remember correctly, the the ones that were just last weekend were also qualifiers for a, for a New York tournament, and then the New York tournament was the qualifier for Nats. Oh, was that it? Okay. So it was it was even worse than that, and then like, and then that's they're, they're going to do something at Worlds, but I'm not 100 percent familiar with how it works. But um, but that's a lot of single elimination, and it it does bring nostalgia back. But it also reminds us of why we all kind of like the Swiss system. Swiss, Swiss is nice. Um, so yeah, we've only got a, about 20 minutes left in the podcast. Do you guys want to run over your teams that you used the last couple weekends? Yeah, sure. I can't even remember mine. Is this bad? It's been a lot of regionals. I mean, you've been in like six states in the last week I've and a half. I've been in six so. states, and I saw enough games yesterday that weren't my own that everything is just kind of become this amorphous blob with a Pikachu and a walrus sticking out of it. <laughs> okay. That's what I see when I close my eyes. So <laughs> Every day? Pretty much. Okay. Alright, well, do you want to talk about teams that you saw that were particularly interesting? Um, no, nah, we'll do that. I, I already kind of spoke we, about we, that. We already, yeah, we talked about Pokemon that we thought were interesting and a handful of other teams, but uh, what were you running, Chalky? I was. Let's start with your California team because you did switch it up, right? Yes. Um, okay. My California team was four out of the six big six. It was Groudon, Xerneas, Smeargle. Um, what was the other? And then, hold on. Um, Groudon, Xerneas, Smeargle. Not Talonflame, not. Um, but it also had Crobat and Sableye on it. I, Kangaskhan. Kang, Kangaskhan, yeah, of course, it was Kangaskhan. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. And then, so basically I had four out of the six big six, and then I had Sableye, Sableye Crobat for other big six teams that basically would set up Magic Bounce or Gravity gravity Hypnosis to be faster sleep, to put Smeargles to sleep, or put um, 
other Sarnias to sleep and then just give myself room to sweep. And it it was very good at disrupting, but it was not great at keeping the offensive pressure, um, especially that lead. And I was finding by this point, a lot of my opponents were used to the big six, so they were kind of playing around that. And so it the team did not overall do as well as I as I wanted. I, I think I got some CP that weekend, but I wasn't. How, how did you finish? Um, well, I actually dropped the... I dropped the regional to do the elevated PC that was happening concurrently just because I figured that where I where I live, there aren't a lot of opportunities for elevated PCs, and I figured there will be like other regionals and midseason showdowns. So um, when the rounds came, we had to actually choose. I, I just dropped entirely, and I got I got top sixteen in the the elevated PC. Although I I still think I could have done better. I think I um, there were a couple of mistakes that were pretty obvious that I made, and um, I was also really surprised by some of the interesting things that, that came in the California PC. Um, virtually every Crobat I saw was different, and it it's definitely one of those Pokemon that you, you kind of wish it could have at least five moves, but um, uh, next week, or the following weekend, this week in Florida, I, I did much better. I had um, Bronzong, Mawile, Walrein, uh, Rayquaza, Kyogre, and Smeargle. Um, as you put it earlier, the only Smeargle in Florida cut, which sorry, everyone else. Um, although it was, it was not, it was not the jolly moody thing that's been all over the place. It was actually, it was actually a relaxed Smeargle for Trick Room. Um, it was, was it still moody? It was not, it was not, it was own tempo. Um, I had, I had wide guard, crafty shield, spiky shields and dark void. Um, and it was, it was bred to and trained basically to take double edges from Kangaskhan, <laughs> uh, which is which I I didn't even know it could do until I saw it in action, but that was kind of exciting. But um, Bronzong was basically there to set up Trick Room and skill swap to get Weather back, so I didn't have to switch out. Rayquaza was there so that I could just also just so I wouldn't have to switch out. And it, this was basically my answer to Double Primal that I could maintain Weather without having to deal with switching out and and not having to wonder like. Um, because the problem with double primal, like if everyone's running double primal, then you're basically in this guessing game of which one they're going to send out first, which one, and then you're 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 playing like a kind of a ticking time bomb game where you basically just have this many turns to knock out their Pokemon, or else you're forced to have one primal in the back, and then they're they if they have both primals, then you just auto lose because then they can just dominate the weather and and shut down your your last two and um. So my, my goal was basically trying to build a team that didn't have to deal with that. Um, and I think Ray Ogre definitely came in on the clutch. At the very least, I didn't have to deal with Groudon because I ran two Steel types and still somehow managed to do okay. Uh, what was your Walrus set? Was it just <laughs> what I had? Um, it was supposed to be it was supposed to be Icy Wind, Ice Beam, Super Fang, Brine. Um, but <laughs> one of... This is going to be one of like the weirdest problems to have, but I actually have a couple Walrein, and so I, okay. I put as do I. I sent the wrong one. I brought the wrong one in my battle brocks, and I oh. your battle brocks. I'm I'm tired. It's been a long <laughs> series of weekends away. Sleepy I'm jockey. Just, Sleepy I'm just jockey. being mean. Ignore me. Um, it was supposed to have Brian. Um, for having one number one, having a water move. Number two, Super Fang Brian shenanigans. Um, but I actually ended up running Sheer Cold by mistake. <laughs> um, okay. I never once used it, because I just didn't really see any need to, but 
Um, although there were there was a PC a couple weeks ago where I was boxed into a corner and I I was gonna lose and I just hit the sheer cold button just for fun and I won the game. <laughs> it it's a nice panic button. <laughs> it is a nice for panic sure. Button. I I never resorted it resorted to it in the regional, but it, it's a nice panic button to have. I, I think Brian's yeah, better I, though. I I had the same thing. Um, I would have been running Brian if I wasn't running Primal Groudon. Um, there was another wall run ahead that had water pulse just for confusion hacks, but I scrapped that one pretty quickly. Uh, what nature did you have on yours? Um, I I did sassy for a little bit because of trick room, but I ultimately settled for modest just because I, I wanted more damage output. And, and, and modest was kind of cool because icy wind being stabbed has the potential to do more than just like a negligible amount with, with wall rain. And I wanted, right. I wanted to capitalize on that. Um, Okay, so I'm I'm starting to think that maybe you ran my walrus. <laughs> I started with sassy and then realized that wasn't what I wanted, and then and then eventually went went for modest. So it's does that like what what was your spread like? Well, well, I I mean my my actual like trainer name. Oh, your your literal walrus. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the the one named a walrus. <laughs> yes, it, it was yours. Um, okay. I, I bred a sassy one. And then wasn't happy with it, and then I had a copy of yours from from something, and then I I just ended up running that. Yes, it, a walrus has had like fantastic success. <laughs> a walrus is, is a good name for for Walrein, by the it's, way. It, it's won a handful of PCs. It's top cut just about everything that it's entered. <laughs> and it, it probably could have top cut in California. Like I mean, like there were some XTs to cut. And you, you got 10th in, in California. I did get 10th. I played, I think, three of the people that ended up cutting there. And I played three of the people that cut in Oregon also. But yeah, I, I kind of choked my last game. But my leads came out in the wrong order. I, I talked about this on the last podcast. But basically, my leads came out in the wrong order. And then I made a really bad prediction round one or turn one. Because I thought he was going to taunt my chandelure like he did the day before. But he was not the guy that taunted my chandelure the day before, and he set up Tailwind, and I didn't trick room, so it went real bad real fast. That's a bad time. That's <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I I started off six one at California, and my team was uh, Primal Groudon, Mega Mawile, Breloom, Chandelure, uh, Life Orb Mewtwo, and Walrein, and. Then I was on stream for the last round where, like I said, I just got, it It looked like I was just choking real hard. So it, it kind of looked like maybe me getting to 6-1 was a fluke. And then the next weekend I ended 6-1 in a best of three tournament with basically the exact same team. So I felt a lot better about it after that. Oh yeah, totally. And and your, your team's got so many unique things on it that I think a lot of people... You have the surprise factor that that really plays to you, and and I gotta say, it's not an easy team to use either. Like it's a lot of those Pokemon can be really frail, and I think one of your strengths is you know how to manage around that. Oh. Yeah, um, it it I didn't realize how unique the team was until I was looking at stats earlier, and I was only the second regular Mewtwo to make cut, only the second Breloom somebody cut with it in California. Um, only the second walrus somebody cut with it like a couple hours before <laughs> I did. Guy? I don't know, some jerk. Um, and I was the very first chandelure, which I'm 
I'm kind of confused about why nobody's running Chandelure. You know, for a while, I was actually really interested in it just because Flashfire seemed kind of nice with all the eruptions going around, but then the other side of Groudon is, you know, the Precipice Blades. And yeah, then everybody stopped running Eruption. There was a lot of Eruption uh, yesterday, actually. And th- th- that weekend in general, like, Florida's not over Eruption. It was, and that we saw it in the in the top cut. We saw it, actually, both top cuts. Matt, although, actually, Matt Coyle was in both top cuts, so that's kind of a scared number, but uh, <laughs> that was actually my only my only win in the top eight against Matt Coyle. So he he obliterated me uh, games one and three, but game two I basically killed everything except Pokemon that had nothing but spread moves, and I just spammed wide guard until he gave up. But uh, but then he then he killed my wide guard user outright game three, and then it was over. But um, but he but eruption. There were a couple people that were running eruption in the PC. I, although I guess I, in fairness, I wasn't doing so well on the PC the day before Florida, so it isn't necessarily indicative of the top cut. Um, let me take a look. Yeah, I I got just annihilated in my top eight match. Um, like it, the entire day I was doing really well. I won all but one of my best of threes, uh, although one of them I shouldn't have won. Um. But the top cut thing, he led Arcan like he had. This is Brandon Myers. He had Kyogre, Arcanine, Rayquaza, Ferrothorn, Zapdos, and Ludicolo. And I had not lost to a Rayogre in the last two weeks. And it looked like nothing but Ferrothorn on his team could actually hurt my Walrein. I like, even though he does have two Grass types and uh, Zapdos. Um. But yeah, he led Arcanine Ludicolor. I'm like, okay, I'm safe. I can just Icy Wind or Super Fang something with Walrus, and I'll protect Mewtwo because he's going to fake out and probably double that. And he close combated Walrus, and my Walrus went down, and that shouldn't happen. So, because it can live directly in close combat. So it was obviously a choice banded Arcanine, and I... Both games were done in 11 turns for a best of three, which was about the length of one game for most of my other matches. So yeah, it I just got completely smashed in top eight. My my round seven match, I had it pretty much lost. Um, I still do not know if this guy scooped to me or not, because I guess he only needed top 16 for his world's invite. And he was pretty much guaranteed that already because he had really good resistances going into the last round and was only X1, and he did, he ended up getting 14, so it was all okay. But it ended up being uh, his Rayquaza and Kyogre out against my almost dead Mawile and Groudon. And my Groudon was at full HP, his Kyogre was at full HP, and his Rayquaza was at about 30%, and Delta Stream was up. So I was done. There there was no way out of this. And I figured he would just extreme speed Mawile to death since it only had like 4 HP. So I didn't sucker punch. And I protected my Groudon and he earthquaked into his own Kyogre and knocked out my Mawile. I went, huh. That's weird. Well, maybe if he's going to earthquake again, I could get a 
crit Precipice Blades on Kyogre the next turn, because I knew I was faster. And he protected Kyogre, and he Earthquaked again. I don't know why. Um, but it did less than 50%. And so the next turn, I'm like, well, I guess if an Origin Pulse misses, I could maybe get a single target crit, so I'm just going to knock out this Rayquaza. And he went for a double protect on his Kyogre, thinking I was going to Precipice Blades again. Earthquaked into it again. I knocked out the Rayquaza with Stone Edge, and his Kyogre, after taking two Earthquakes, was now in Precipice range. Like, if he had just attacked with the Kyogre once, it would have been done. Because he had Water Spout. And it was not in zone. So I... I can't tell if he just threw that game, because, I mean, he was 6-1 in best of three, and he's got enough CP for a world's invite, but that that was that was the weirdest choke I've ever seen. I think if I had my invite locked up, I'd probably not stop carrying during the tournament. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what happened, because I don't want to, you know, make assumptions, but I can definitely relate to that feeling, just like... Today is good enough, kind of a thing, and, and and that's one of the beautiful things about the CP bar is that we're we're still competing with each other to a certain extent, but with the CP cutoff of top forty last year, like you kind of had to always stay active and you had to keep playing even if you you thought you had your invite. And with this format, you can kind of lock in your invite and then just and then it, it, you're you're no longer wishing for others to fail so that you can keep your your thing. Like you've got it locked in, and you don't have to. You don't have to screw somebody else over or like hope that they get screwed over in order to, to secure that. And, and that's kind of a nice thing about the CP bar. Yeah, but in top eight, you get a hat and a play mat <laughs> and a bunch of cards. I mean... I have so many hats now. I started a second hat shelf today. Are you ever going to wear all I, of those hats? Um, I, I wear the black one that just has the trainer on the front and says play Pokemon on the back, but I have three of those. Um, on holidays, I'll bust out the Fennekin hat, and I will occasionally wear the World's 2014 hat. But no, most of them I, I never touch. They're just there to look at and be pretty maybe he also had enough hats it's possible like i the, this is my first hoopa hat which i didn't know existed until i saw it at california and i really wanted you got a hoopa it. hat and then, would, and then i was sad when i didn't come i got a rayquaza hat and then i stole it oh yeah and then gabby stole it so i, I had the hat for all of five Just, seconds and then i never saw it again what does that look like like what what color is the hat it's the same color as the hoopa one except there's a rayquaza on it so it's like a darkish khaki? Yeah. I would say okay. just actually khaki, though. Okay. Well, I I have it near the world's 2010 hat, which is a lighter khaki. They don't look the same. I do not have a world's 2010 hat to compare to, unfortunately. That, that one's really cool, because it's got the Hula Pikachu, <laughs> which is the best Pikachu. I I disagree. I still have a fond place in my heart for Bird Chew. Okay, that's that's the other world's hat that I have. I think Good. my favorite world's Pikachu would 
hats aside, was probably the 2011 San Diego skateboarding Pikachu. Just a little punk Pikachu. <laughs> That's the only worlds I haven't been to in the last five years. Six years. Yeah, I mean, I, I still have the skater Pikachu background on my laptop and stuff, and I am very fond of that Pikachu, but... But bird. Oh, and they even gave away Seagears back when that was a thing. So, like, back when Black and White had yeah. they customized the bottom screen, they had a World's 2011 skateboarding Seager. Pikachu Seagear. It was... That was pretty satisfying. Yeah. I forgot about Seagears. Do you think we'll get those in Sun and Moon? Let's just wrap this up with some Sun and Moon time. I love that, because... yeah. I, both the wrapping up and the Sun and Moon. The... Yeah, I think that got announced about an hour after I posted the last podcast. <laughs> yes! Wrecked. Um, I actually haven't seen the trailer yet. It's it's not really that it's much of a trailer. a trailer. I mean, a, a lot of it is That's... just like the retrospective Pokemon over the years kind of... It's it's a feel-good teaser. No, it's... I wouldn't even call it that. It's a, um... It's a logo reveal. It's a logo okay. reveal. Like... They, they have a bunch of hype, they go through all the years, and then they show you the logo, and then they tell you that, you know, it's going to be available in all the normal languages, but they're also adding uh, simplified and traditional Chinese. Um, Perfect. That I know. Is... Yeah, it's great. And then they kind of show the silhouette of a bird over some, like, I think it was Python. I don't know, I can't remember. But, um, yeah. Was it just a ho? It's some no, woodpecker. No, it's like a woodpecker. Okay. It's definitely a new so it's Pokemon. It's a new bird. Uh, did they say if it was going to be 3DS or... It is, it 3DS, is 3DS. Holiday 2016. Okay, so they didn't just do a Nebulous. It's coming out 2016 and not announce the platform. They're... Yeah, no, it's not going to be on the NX. It, the game's supposedly been in development for, like, I think five or six years. It's like the longest game, I think, that's ever been in development for Pokemon. Okay. There's a lot of conspiracy theories going throughout the fan base right now um, about where it's located. So a lot of people are saying Southern Kalos because there's some small references to that in the game here and there. And it, it and there's there's my favorite fan theory right now. And oh god, hold on, hold sorry, on. that that's one of those phrases that make me angry. fan theory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't want, all right, don't want my favorite. Assumption by regulars. So you mean like a fan theory? <laughs> I was trying to. I was trying. I. I just, okay, yeah. so let me just say it. Let me just say it. Um, they're saying that it's in Hawaii um, because in Hawaii they have sun and moon gods, um, and there there was more to it than that. Zach could explain this the, so much better than I could. The bird supposedly looks like the Hawaiian state bird. Like that was some of the evidence pointing towards it. Wasn't there something? Wasn't there something about the building too? I don't know. Like they they dragged a lot out of this two minute clip that really only had like fifteen seconds, maybe twenty of actual sun and moon footage. Um, so there is footage. It's ish. They, they they have like some Python screens that like show like them rendering the Pokemon, and they have like one building, and they have. Um, but that that's about it. So do the Pokemon look any better than they do this generation? I mean, or do they look a, the same? It's a bird. I, it just—it it looks like a bird. I feel like the the improvement. In... So they didn't show any existing Pokemon. No. 
I feel like the improvement in graphics is probably going to be comparable from like the jump from Heart Gold Soul Silver to Black and White, in the sense, in the sense that like. No, I don't. I mean, I, I'm skeptical. Like, I'm not saying Heart Gold so. Soul Silver. Your Pokemon could all follow you around, and they got rid of that in Black like, and White. The graphics are going to be better, but not like this huge dramatic jump that's going to change everything. Like, it's not going to be. Will the Pokemon follow me around? I hope. I don't think there's going to be any change in graphics. I think they're going to run it off the same engine. Um, there'll probably be like a couple like little things they tighten up, even if it's like the same graphics engine. Maybe fix the frame rate in battles where there's multiple animations going on at the same time. I I don't know. They had that disclaimer on the bottom of the trailer that some scenes cannot be rendered in 3D or whatever. So I wouldn't get your hopes up for that, Doc. Well, I mean, even in like not 3D battles, like if you've got Delta Stream up and a handful of things are flapping their wings, the frame rate just dies. <laughs> I have noticed okay. that, yeah. It's an issue, and they should probably fix that if they want to have more people watch this game. We're running a lot of birds in this meta. That's every meta, though. <laughs> birds birds are important. Crobat isn't a bird. Crobat's totally a bird. Crobat's <laughs> a bird. is not a bird. Also, Rayquaza's a bird. You guys are insane. Yeah, Rayquaza's a bird. No. It's the biggest bird. <laughs> no. You're all wrong. Salamence is a bird. No. Thunderous, is, Thunderous is my favorite bird. <laughs> Dragonite's a bird. Don't forget about Dragonite. Alright, and anything else we want to close off with? Aside from our favorite birds? No, those aren't birds. Landorus Therian, also. <laughs> Landorus Therian, bird. very clearly a bird. Can't you. possibly be anything else. Oh, and bird shoe. Don't forget bird oh, yeah. shoe. You, you already said no, that was your favorite bird. No, that's, you know why it's called bird shoe. <laughs> because it's a bird. Yeah, it's yeah. a bird. Uh, it gets fly. Uh, oh, that, that's right. They released the virtual console stuff. Um, can you get a flying Pikachu in that? No. There's, there's, gonna be an, there's a Japanese event that they announced at some point that's a surfing and surfing flying Pikachu. Pikachu. Perfect. I, I, I would like that. But I also don't really want to play those games again on a virtual console. Oh no! If you want to have some fun, check out the Miiverse posts for Pokemon Yellow and stuff. It's hilarious. Oh my god, they they post things like like it's basically the new generation um, asking questions about Pokemon and making their assumptions off the new games. Like there was one that was like, um, one was like, when do we get the running shoes? <laughs> We're just like, oh honey, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I did like the bike in that game. It was a good bike. And you had to listen to the the old man talk about Rapidash and Yeah. Oh my have you reread that lately? It gets kinda kinda creepy. <laughs> like super creepy. You know, I didn't think that as a kid, but Yeah, I, I read through it like a year or so ago because I I wanted to reply with a quote of that to something because somebody was rambling. And then I read it. I'm like, oh, I can't actually use this because they won't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it just, yeah. Good old Rapidash. Anything you guys want to plug? Nah, I'm good. I have nothing um, to plug. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, once again, if you're listening to this, please leave questions and topics and corrections about the best birds. Uh, no, no. Nugget Ridge blog post. No. So that we have stuff to talk about 
on the next next episode. Um, until then, I'm Sam. I'm Gabby. And I'm Josh. And we will see you next time on the Lava Pool.